section ninety one of the united states this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the world story volume twelve the united states edited by eva march tappan section ninety one how daniel boone saved boonesborough seventeen seventy five by charles c b seymour in the spring of the year seventeen seventy five boone was employed by a company of land speculators who imagined they had secured a valid title to the land in kentucky by virtue of a deed of purchase from the cherokees to survey and lay out roads in kentucky he was placed at the head of a body of well-armed men and proceeded to his work with great willingness the party had arrived within fifteen miles of boonesborough when they were fired on by indians and suffered a loss of two killed and two wounded three days later they were again attacked and had two killed and three wounded boone was not the sort of man to be deterred by a calamity even of this severe kind he pressed forward and on a favorable site erected a fort called boonesborough sufficiently strong and large to afford protection against any further attack he was so well satisfied with its security that shortly afterward he returned to clinch river for his wife and family they arrived safely his wife and daughters being the first white women that ever stood on the banks of the kentucky river a number of families followed their example and the little place soon became cheerful and populated the indians did not venture to attack the settlers so long as they remained within sight of the fort but it was very well known that they hovered about the outskirts ready for a descent on any unhappy white who might expose himself unguardedly to their vengeance the men were suspicious and careful and never went out without their rifles in spite of these precautions a most thrilling and tragic incident occurred on the fourteenth of july seventeen seventy six three young girls belonging to the fort one of them was boone's daughter heedlessly crossed the river in a canoe late in the afternoon when they got to the other side they commenced playing and splashing with the paddles as gay young girls unconscious of danger might naturally do until the canoe floating with the current drifted close to the shore which at this part was thickly covered with trees and shrubs concealed in this natural ambuscade lay three savage indians they had been watching every motion of the girls and were prepared now to seize their opportunity one of the coppery rascals dropped stealthily into the stream caught hold of the rope that hung from the bow of the canoe and drew it out of view of the fort the girls aroused to a sense of their danger screamed as loud as they could and were heard at the fort but before assistance could come their captors hurried them on shore and bore them to the interior next morning by daylight says colonel floyd who was one of the actors in what he describes we were on the track but found they had totally prevented our following them by walking some distance apart through the thickest canes they could find we observed their course and on which side they had left their sign and travelled upward of thirty miles we then imagined that they would be less cautious in travelling and made a turn in order to cross their trace and had gone but a few miles before we found their tracks in a buffalo path pursued and overtook them on going about ten miles just as they were kindling a fire to cook our study had been more to get the prisoners without giving the indians time to murder them after they discovered us than to kill them 
we discovered each other nearly at the same time four of us fired and all rushed on them which prevented them from carrying away anything except one shotgun without ammunition mr boone and myself had a pretty fair shot just as they began to move off i am well convinced i shot one through and the one he shot dropped his gun mine had none the place was very thick with canes and being so much elated on recovering the three little broken-hearted girls prevented our making further search we sent them off without their moccasins and not one of them with so much as a knife or a tomahawk the simplicity of this narrative exceeds its clearness but with all its involutions is it not graphic and does it not convey an excellent idea of the rough indifference to danger so characteristic of true pioneer life after this it was necessary to be doubly watchful for the indians became more aggressive and apprehensions were felt that a general attack would be made on the fortified stations these fears appeared to be so well founded that it was only the oldest and bravest of the pioneers who could withstand their influence the land speculators and other adventurers to the number of nearly three hundred left the country and newcomers although prepared for danger were with difficulty prevailed upon to remain the year seventeen seventy seven passed in this gloomy way marked only by frequent attacks on the various stations by the indians two attempts were made on the fort but each time the besiegers were beaten off the brave little garrison lost two men killed and five wounded with all means of transit cut off by their wary foes great privations were necessarily suffered by the little band the immediate necessaries of life they could of course procure but some articles which were essential to the preservation of health they were without this was especially the case with regard to salt boone while in the wilderness could do without this article of luxury but the families in the fort sorely felt its need and all kinds of efforts were made to obtain a supply at length it was determined to fit out an expedition consisting of thirty men with boone at its head to effect this desirable object it was necessary to proceed to the lower blue licks on licking river and there manufacture the article which in due course was to be forwarded by pack-horses to the fort the enterprise which seemed at first to promise success cost boone and his companions their liberty one day while hunting a short distance from his comrades he was surprised by a party of indians one hundred and two in number he attempted to escape but their swiftest runners were put on his trail and he soon abandoned all idea of doing so the sagacity and presence of mind of the old hunter had now to be exercised he parleyed with the indians professed all sorts of friendship for them succeeded in gaining their confidence and finally made honourable terms for the surrender of his men who became prisoners of war boone has been blamed for not offering resistance but a moment's reflection will demonstrate that the course he pursued was the wisest and safest had he offered resistance his little band would have been overpowered and the next point of attack would have been the fort which from the absence of the garrison would have been entirely at the mercy of the savages to avert a certain massacre he surrendered his men after having made excellent conditions for the safety of their lives the generous usage the indians had promised before in my capitulation says boone was afterward fully complied with and we proceeded with them as prisoners to old chillicothe the principal indian town on little miami where we arrived after an uncomfortable journey in very severe weather on the eighteenth of february and received as good treatment as prisoners could expect from savages on the tenth day of march following i and ten of my men were conducted by forty indians to detroit where we arrived on the thirtieth day and were treated by governor hamilton the british commander at that post with great humanity the governor endeavoured to obtain boone's liberation by purchase but his captors were not willing to part with him 
he had so ingratiated himself in their good graces that they were determined to have him for a chief and insisted on carrying him back to their town for the purpose of adoption he bade farewell to his friends in detroit and under the friendly escort of his pertinacious admirers returned to chillicothe where he was adopted by an illustrious individual of the name of blackfish to supply the place of a deceased son and warrior he was treated with great kindness and in a short time became universally popular he was careful to avoid all cause for suspicion and to appear constantly happy although of course he was forever dreaming of his wife and family and praying for the happy day that should enable him to escape to them early in the following june he was taken to the salt springs on the scioto to assist in making salt on his return he was alarmed to see a fearful array of four hundred and fifty warriors and still more so when he discovered that they were bound on an expedition against boonesborough he determined to effect his escape and on the following morning the sixteenth of june seventeen seventy eight he arose and went forth as usual without exciting suspicion he never returned and blackfish had to adopt another son boone succeeded in reaching the fort in safety his sudden appearance greatly astonished the people there for they had given him up and his wife with some of the children had actually departed for north carolina not a moment was to be lost in making the necessary preparations for the defence of the settlement the fort which had fallen into a very rickety condition was put in thorough repair and the garrison mustered and drilled so as to be in perfect readiness the indians however changed their minds alarmed probably at the escape of boone they postponed their expedition for three weeks but in the meantime they made some additions to their strength in the shape of french and canadian officers on the seventh of september the indian army numbering four hundred and forty-four with captain duquesne and eleven other canadians appeared before boonesborough the indians were commanded by boone's would-be adopted father mr blackfish and the canadians by captain duquesne when this alarming foe had assembled before the unhappy little fort a summons was issued to surrender in the name of his britannic majesty the garrison consisted of between sixty and seventy men and a large number of women and children if they had surrendered it would have been nothing remarkable but they did not even think of doing such a thing boone expected reinforcements from holston and it became necessary therefore to procure as much delay as possible for this purpose he desired that he might have two days to consider the proposition of his britannic majesty strange as it may appear this proposition was acceded to about five minutes were sufficient for the garrison to arrive at a determination and this was that they would fight it out to the last all the cows and horses were collected within the fort and every vessel filled with water from the spring the latter task being performed by the ladies when the hour arrived for giving an answer to bold captain duquesne it was done in this wise by boone we laugh at your formidable preparations but thank you for giving notice and time to prepare for defence captain duquesne was not incensed at this reply but still insisted on a capitulation he declared his orders from colonel hamilton were to take the garrison captives to treat them as prisoners of war and not to injure much less to murder them and that they had horses to take the women and children and all others who could not bear the fatigue of travelling on foot he then proposed that if the garrison would depute nine persons to come out of the fort and hold a treaty the terms should be liberal it is impossible at this time after the demise of every person concerned in the affair to account for the singular course of captain duquesne and his indian allies although duquesne's affectionate course savoured of treachery boone thought it desirable to accede to his proposition as it would at least secure a little more delay nine commissioners were selected for the purpose of discussing the treaty boone being one of the number a plot of ground in front of the fort was selected for the conference all parties to go unarmed 
before leaving for this hazardous interview boone took the precaution to place a number of experienced riflemen in advantageous positions so that if the commissioners retreated hastily they might be protected the parties met and the treating proposed was of the most liberal kind it simply demanded that the residents and garrison of the fort should acknowledge the british authorities and take the oath of allegiance to the king in return for which they were to remain unmolested after these points had been settled the indians proposed that as a commemoration of the joyous occasion they should revive an ancient custom of their tribe which consisted of two indians shaking hands with one white man at the same moment boone and his companions knew exactly what this meant but they did not betray any uneasiness eighteen stalwart muscular indians now advanced and in the way prescribed by the very ancient custom before mentioned endeavoured to drag off the white men but the iron frames of the pioneers were braced for a struggle being without weapons they appealed to their anglo-saxon knowledge of fisticuffs and in a very little while had tumbled the red villains in the dust in the excitement which followed they made good their retreat to the fort and the riflemen immediately opened a murderous fire to keep off the pursuers hostilities now commenced on both sides the indians kept up a brisk fire at the fort but owing to its favourable situation could not effect much mischief the garrison on the contrary never fired a charge without an especial object a regular siege conducted in the usual indian style was kept up for nine days but with no result the kentuckians never flinched for a moment even the women assisted in the defence for they loaded the rifles moulded bullets and supplied refreshments on one occasion the fort was fired by the enemy but a heroic young man extinguished the flames in spite of a shower of bullets which greeted his appearance with the buckets on the roof foiled in this the indians under the direction of the canadians commenced digging a mine baboon was equal to this emergency he began a countermine and threw all the dirt into their works so that they had the pleasure of shoveling it away before they could make the slightest progress on the twentieth of september they raised the siege and took their departure after having suffered a loss of thirty-seven killed and many more wounded the loss on the pioneer side was two killed and four wounded it would not have been so great but for the desertion of a vagabond negro who went over to the enemy carrying with him an excellent rifle during the siege this rascal placed himself in a tree on the other side of the river and was able owing to the excellence of his weapon to fire into the fort he had killed one and wounded another when boone caught a glimpse of his woolly head it was sufficient the next moment sambo rolled from the tree after the retreat his body was found and in the centre of the forehead an explanatory hole told the story of his death the old hunter brought him down at a distance of one hundred and seventy-five yards end of section ninety one this recording is in the public domain